0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio.
1: The best thing to do with stereotypes and preconceptions is to challenge them. And the blind photographer does just that. It breaks down barriers from both sides and shows what can be achieved if you turn your back on the doubters and just follow your dreams. Visions are not seen purely by the eyes, but through the spirit.
0: Now that was a quote by Stevie Wonder taken from the book The Blind Photographer, which is a collection of photographs taken by blind or partially sighted people from all over the world. One of those photographers is Mikhail Smithin, and he joins me on the programme now. Mikhail, thank you very much for joining us here in the programme today. Now, I know that you are registered blind yeah. uh, and your sight condition is called hemianopia. Tell us a bit about hemianopia. What is that? It's a sight condition I've actually never come across.
1: I've got hemianopia left and right. Get hemianopia by brain tumour, heart attack or stroke. I don't think it's very common over here. I mean, I got my eye condition through a brain tumour on the optic nerve. I was treated at the age of five with radiotherapy and chemotherapy. And because my optic nerve is damaged, there isn't glasses and things like that just won't help. So I have a left and right. My right eye is stronger than my left. There's also the eye that strays to the side as well from time to time. Um, And it just means that to get clarity, I need things to be very clear and large and right in front of me. And magnification, which is what I rely on heavily, as well as speech as well, because my eyes get very tired and I cannot read lengthy emails and letters. So I rely on speech to read things to me when they come in the incorrect font and things like that.
0: It's interesting you say that. I, I know a few people that are registered partially sighted and they say the exact same thing about reading large print. They get very very tired very quickly so yes uh, with regards to emails I suppose it's something that, that people might want to kind of bear in mind uh, if they are sending you an email. Yeah. Now yeah. despite your eye condition you are a performer, you love dance, a uh, very artistic person yeah, uh, yeah. And, and this is what gave you the kind of interested in getting involved in this book, The Blind Photographer. Now tell us a bit about the book.
1: The photos that are in the book, particularly the more dance-like photos, I actually put them away because I wasn't sure what I was going to do with them. I mean, how the the whole photography process started was along uh, many years ago now, probably 2007, 2008, there were the projects going and they were looking for visually impaired people that were interested in photography. And I thought, well, yeah, I'd like to give that a go. And my training started from then in how to use a camera and kind of how to compose an image and what I might want to take a picture of and what I might want to do with it afterwards and the process of doing that. I was trained by two organisations, one based in Mexico, Joscuos, and Sight of Emotion, and one based in the UK, Photo Voice. And over quite a few years, I think about three or four years, I took part in training sessions and outings and even facilitating workshops towards the end of the training. And from then on, I started taking photography a bit more seriously.
0: It's incredible, actually, because, you know, from being completely blind myself and being somebody that likes to take a photograph, uh, people are always saying to me, you know, why would you bother if you can't see? Um, and, And people must ask you the same question. If you can't see clearly, why would you want to take photographs?
1: Photography can capture so much and you can speak through photography and say what you want through photography as well. You can be very expressive with it. I actually see probably better through photography once enlarged, for example, on my iPhone and on my computer when I'm using Supernova and I zoom into that image. It's it's better than it is in kind of real life because I can zoom in and see what people are talking about because when people talk about, oh, that was a really nice building, and I'm like, oh, well, I actually can't see that, but I'll take a picture of it and I'll look at it when we're sitting down. And I'm like, yeah, I can appreciate it now, the texture of what it looks like and the shape of it and where it is and how it's positioned and that kind of thing.
0: It's a fascinating concept. It really is. And, uh, you know, I know that in the past uh, I dated a, a newspaper photographer and he actually right. taught me how to take pictures of people's faces or kind of you know portrait shots of people yeah. so that if I was out with my friends then it, it wasn't always me that was in every single picture I could take pictures as well it's about kind of yeah. the voice and telling people where to look and where to position themselves as well but I suppose that you know when you're talking about the composition of a photograph I mean with you being into the arts and, and dance then you know you must have a, a an idea in your own mind what picture you're trying to capture.
1: Yeah, I'd say that coming from a dance background, it does help with thinking about alignment and I use a long white cane to get around which is a a fantastic tool and that actually helps me a lot in my photography with aligning myself to generally people because I like to take pictures of people so I align myself with the person I'm taking a photograph of and that helps with how I'm going to be positioned myself and where I'm going to put my model at that moment in time so that I'd say movement and having the whole contemporary dance and ballet as well and other styles really does help to just create that spatial awareness. Also, to get to know the space before I take the picture, the space, um, be outside or inside, just so I can get an idea of what I'm working with and might want to move the person into a different part of the space depending on also the lighting and, and things like that and which way the sun is positioned behind me or in front of me. That's really important because I'm not going to get a good picture if the sun's facing in front of me.
0: Now your photographs have been included in this book, The Blind Photographer and uh, you know there's photographs from from blind or partially sighted people all over the world that have been included in this book. Uh, You know China, India the UK, it it goes on and on but you must be so incredibly proud the fact that that your photos have made this book and I believe your photos are stunning.
1: Yeah Um, yeah, it was quite a surprise when I found out that Redstone Press wanted to actually put these photos into a book and I wasn't sure kind of how far the book would go to people. Um, I am really proud to how amazing book. It is a lovely book. I've got it with me right now. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I'm really proud of the pictures and how they've come out.
0: Well, please, will you describe your favourite picture to us? The favourite picture that you've taken?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one. Uh, okay, so I'm going to describe this image here in the book. It's actually. On the second page from the first page, which has my name on it. And the image is taken in landscape. And if you were to face the image from the bottom centre edge and trace it around along to the right hand side, you'd actually be touching the floor of the space the dancer is moving on. And and as you go up the right hand edge of the image, it's along the side of the dancer. So the dancer's on the right hand side of the image with her legs extended and arms extended also. And they're moving across the space, now, the space which is all very concrete and grey and rough and dusty. And it's, it's an unclear image, which, is, which actually represents how I see. The only things that are clear to me from this image are the things that, that contrast, which is the white garment they're wearing and the black trousers on the legs, which they're wearing as well. But um, it's all kind of slightly blurry, this image,
0: yeah. It'll be absolutely fascinating, I'd imagine, for sighted people to, to take a look at this and to read about, you know, why the photographers are, are actually taking these images, how they see um, and, and how they've managed to capture such an image that has been portrayed in this book. It sounds brilliant, it really does. Are any of these images tactile?
1: They're not tactile, but if they were, you'd get a lot of information from them because... As I said before, the dance images, because there are other images in the book as well, the dance images are all taken in a cave-like space with concrete floors and concrete walls, and it's all very bare, cold, dusty, and there's raw brickwork. So there's a lot of texture in the images, and you'd get a lot of information if there was a tactile version of it.
0: So, Mikael, we've spoken about the book and these fabulous images of yours. How can people get their hands on it?
1: The book is available on Amazon, so if you put into the search The Blind Photographer, it's also available on the redstoneshop.com, and those are the two ways you can get the book. If people want to get in touch with me regarding the book, my email is Mikel, M-I-C-K-E-L, Smithen S-M-I-T-H-E-N, at yahoo.co.uk, that's all lowercase, All one word, no spaces, no
0: dots. Fantastic. Well, the very best of luck with the book, Mikael. And thank Thank you you. so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you.
0: For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.